Hey everyone, so you want to know how to use Anchor, right? I'm here to inform, guide, and help you on how to use Anchor. Anchor is a phone app and hosting site owned by Spotify. It's the awesome idea to start creating your podcast by attempting to be the one-stop shop for podcasters without an extensive technical background. You can follow the vertical integration model, meaning that you can record, distribute, and monetize your podcast. Why are you struggling with paying a hosting site which includes promoting your show with limited storages? Forget about it. It's the simple fact that unlimited storage is free. It includes recording, adding music intros, outros, and uploading episodes. Plus, you get paid some money to put in your pocket through sponsorships with no minimum listenership. That's fantastic and magnificent, isn't it? These are the important things to create and make a podcast. You can download Anchor on your phones, tablets, laptops, and computers, or you can check out anchor.fm so you can get a head start on your podcast right now. Remember, if you have a dream of creating your own podcast, don't let anyone stop you from achieving your goals and dreams. If I can reach the amount of success loving what I love to do in this career, podcasting field so can you i'm g money stacks thank you for listening and have fun with your podcast let's go Hey, good evening, everyone from the USA, all over the world, Long Island, Canada, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm your man, G Money Stacks, aka Lonely Nomad, aka The Greginator, aka YouTuber, aka Host with the Most, and Rookie Podcaster of Queens, New York. 
and you are now tuning in and rocking with the fifth episode of Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast, the sports edition show. All right. Now, I'm sorry for the delay of the episodes. I was actually um kind of like doing something. But anyway, man, I hope you guys enjoyed um Veterans Day recently. I hope you guys had some time to your families and friends and stuff. Um, but we got a good show for you today here. First off, if you are new to the channel of YouTube and the YouTube community, and if you are a new listener, welcome all of the new listeners and new viewers and watchers. Don't worry, I got your back. All you need to do is go subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast, the sports edition show. Make sure you tap that notification bell so you can be reminded of when the show goes in the air via live stream. Leave a like and a comment alongside with um, the episodes and the topics that was discussed. Also. Make sure you stay tuned for more video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes that was pre- that was already recorded that will be automatically uploaded and posted to the YouTube channel page of Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast. Um, also, um, don't forget to share the videos. Also, download your favorite episodes, and I will discuss the link for um the show with the audio streaming platforms so where people can listen to um at the end of the show all right now um listen um we have a segment right here i'm gonna cover we got a segment called the quick quick side bleacher bar basically it's all about the trending the trending topics and stuff like that in sports. So of course you're gonna have um a particular topic that kind of caught my attention. And this was recently on of course um he goes by the name of Marty Fish. So I have an article right here that I want to go over. So let me make sure I have everything situated. Make sure I'm not on mute. Okay, there we go. Right here. Um hang on. Okay, so we have we have um a tennis legend who goes by the name of Marty Fish, as I said. Um so basically, tennis legend Marty Fish says he might not be alive if it weren't for his wife, crediting her with getting him out of a really bad place with his mental health struggles. Marty joined teams he joined on teams he loved recently on Tuesday and got real with us about some of his bouts with anxiety, which became so overwhelming at 
one point he pulled out at the last minute from a big U.S. Open match with Roger Federer. Years before professional athletes um, opened up about their mental health struggles. Interesting. Um, let me turn this up. Let me turn this up real quick. The way Marty tells it, his better half, Stacy Gardner, was able to pull him out from a dark place and change his perspective with some sage advice at a moment when he was having panic attacks every single day. The epiphany gave him the strength to withdraw some from the 2012 U.S. Open match he was supposed to play. Instead, he faced the media and was candid about his issues. Um, Marty went on to champion mental health and how it affects athletes in particular who traditionally were trained to bottle up their emotions because it was viewed as a weakness. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up. I, I want to take the time to say, say this, though, man. Okay, let me put myself on the screen. Listen. I've heard that phrase um, about um, emotions is a side of weakness from movies and TV shows, okay? It's not a weakness, folks. Listen, anytime a person's going through me mental health issues, whether it's anxiety, whether it's um, whether it's something traumatic or whatever and stuff like that, and you tell somebody to bottle up their feelings and shit like that, well, let me tell you something. Y you sound very fucking ignorant on that one. Wait, this is a human being. This is not a robot in a machine. And... And I'm gonna get to the whole um I'll get to the uh Avi bias and stuff in, in a second. Um yeah, I feel like I feel like this is a person who's facing challenges and and yes, it, it's it's okay to take a break from from sports, okay? Simone Biles did it, um Naomi Osaka did it. And now Marty Fish is doing the same, and he's and he's doing the same like Simone Biles did. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to put it out there that you know mental health is not a fucking weakness. Okay, it is not a fucking weakness. This is something that majority some human beings go through. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, just wanted to put it out there. So. Forgive me for trying to, um, you know, you know, stop from what I'm doing to actually address this. But I also talk about this in previous shows, um, like you know, my main my main show off the meat rat chains New York podcast. I actually made a segment in regards to um, mental health check in. I made the hashtag into a segment, um. And maybe I might make it. I might make another um segment in regards to, you know, mental health for for this channel right here, and maybe my other show too. Who knows? But you know, 
let's keep going with the show, shall we? Okay. Now, um, Marty, who was diagnosed with severe anxiety disorder, is now mentoring young tennis players dealing with some of the same issues he went through. And there's a new Netflix documentary on his journey untold, Breaking Point. He's also the captain of the U.S. Davis Cup team. Um, MF says it's encouraging to see other athletes like Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles speaking out on about their own inner battles and tells us why it's okay for folks to let others know that they aren't okay. Yeah, I definitely agree with this shit. You know what I'm saying? And like oh, and like I said, man, it's okay to take a break from sports, man. I mean, of course you're gonna have a mental block. Of course you're gonna have like you know things that's going to actually you know, you know, make you feel a certain way. So, um, let me. This is great. This is interesting that he's doing this actually. Um, now I want to touch on. I want to touch on something actually before I even go to the whole Luis Rojas situation. Um, <clears throat> so, okay. Um, so in Mets news, um, I don't mean to bring this up, but um, it is a sports edition show podcast, of course. So I have to actually bring this up, even though we in November. And it's football season and, and basketball season and stuff. I get that. But it's going to be a little recap. The other topics is going to be some recaps of what went down. So just bear with me, folks. Anyway, um, so this is according to... Okay. So Matt's expected to pivot to GM search for a second straight year. Sandy Alderson addressed the state of the Mets at GM meetings at Carlsbad, California. Find out the details of what was discussed. Um, okay. For the past month, the Mets have been reminding everyone of what occurred last year when they were unable to hire a president of baseball operations. While this year's search has been given off major vibes of deja vu due to their inability to hire anyone to lead their baseball department, it has basically turned into the exact same scenario as in 2020. Once again, it sounds like the Mets will be faced to pivot to bringing in a general manager instead of a um, Pobo for the second straight year as teams President Sandy Alderson alluded to at GM meetings in Carlsbad, California on Tuesday morning. <clears throat> um, yeah, I wouldn't anticipate another position, Alderson said, referencing that it is unlikely that they will hire a president of baseball operations. This also means that Alderson will once again be forced to handle the president of baseball operations role for another season, as he did in 2021. Last season, the Mets hired GM Jerry Porter and assistant GM Zach Scott after they couldn't find a president of baseball operations. But Porter was fired a month later when it was discovered that he sent inappropriate text messages to a female reporter during the time 
with the Chicago Cubs, and Scott took over as um, acting GM until getting arrested on suspicion of DUI on August 31st. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Scott was placed on paid administrative leave for the remainder of the season and was later dismissed from his role in the offseason. Although the Mets could potentially bring in a GM to work with their current infrastructure and wait until Milwaukee's David Stearns or Yankees' um, Brian Cashman potentially become available next year. Uh, they essentially be sticking this winter's hire with someone above them in 2023, which is an unorthodox blueprint. In quote, <clears throat> first of all, assuming we only hire one person, there will be at least a year of runway for that person to demonstrate their ability and their potential, said Olsen. I've said this to others in the past. That's the opportunity. That's all you can ask for. Demonstrated ability tends to get rewarded. <clears throat> Even still, the risk of joining the Mets is larger than anticipated, given their current plan for um, the next um, GM. Um, as of today, the Mets have either been denied permission to speak with certain candidates or have been turned down due to a multiple multitude of reasons admittedly there's a reluctance to come to new york but it's not about steve cohen or the organization said alderson it's a big stage and some people would prefer to be elsewhere alderson also directed the blame towards candidates not wanting to come here due to their current family location or professional situations not to mention the current standing of the Mets organization as well. <clears throat> New York can be a demonstrating place. No, de no, excuse me, demanding place. And there is no tanking here, as Olison said. You are expected to compete and win year in and year out. As Olison went in on to note, this role isn't for someone who is looking to be comfortable. It is for an individual who wants to be challenged. While Alderson um, acknowledged the fact that they've already blown past the reasonable timeline to bring someone in, they are still speaking with several candidates and should know more by later in the week. He also made it clear that both he and Steve Cohen have high standards and they aren't going to make a hire just to bring someone in. They are focused on bringing in the, the right candidate and are confident they'll be able to do so. Okay. Um, all right. So we got more. Um, we got more more men's news, and this is in regards to the um, former manager who used to be part of the Mets that goes by the name of Luis Rojas. So here's what's happening. All right. Um, so 
Luis Rojas was let go as manager of the New York Mets on Monday after two losing seasons. The team declined its option on Rojas' contract for 2022, making the announcement a day after finishing third in the NL East at 77 uh, wins to 85 losses in Steve Cohen's first year of ownership. The move was no surprise. The first of several significant changes coming again this offseason for a club in constant turmoil. I want to share such heartfelt gratitude to so many in the Mets organization for not only the last two seasons as a manager, but for the last 16 years in a variety of roles, Rojas said in a statement released by the team. We live in a results-oriented business, and I'm deeply disappointed for our staff and fans that we didn't reach our goals this season, he said. Um, Yeah. Um, the Mets at Rojas have been offered the opportunity to remain in the organization in a role still to be determined. The club said decisions about the coaching staff will be made in the next several days. The entire Mets organization is grateful for the dedication and devotion that Luis has exhibited over the last two seasons as manager. Team President Sandy Alderson said in a statement, end quote. He has shown a great commitment to the Mets on over many years in multiple capacities. These decisions are never easy, but we feel a change is needed at this time. Hmm. Okay. Um, expected to challenge for the playoffs or even a pennant with $341 million newcomer Francisco Lindor at shortstop. New York led the division of for 90 straight days despite a wave of injuries. Rojas drew praise for his steady hand and communication skills, even garnering um, mentioned as a potential manager of the year candidate. But then even, even everything fell apart over the final two months of the season. Uh, with ace pitcher Jacob DeBron, no, excuse me, excuse me. Jacob the Grom, the Grom, the Grom, Jacob the Grom sideline since the All Star break by a sprained elbow. New York went into a nosedive once August arrived. The lineup languished even when healthy and an overtaxed pitching staff started to crack. Lindor missed more than five weeks in the second half with a oblique injury and didn't emerge from his season-long slump until too late. Michael Conforto, Jeff McNeil, Dominic Smith, oh, actually Dom Smith, and James McCann also flopped at the plate, leaving Pete Alonso to carry the load. Um, an untimely 2-11 stretch against the Dodgers and Giants baseball's top two teams dropped the Mets from five games over 500 and tied for the first place to 66, no, 62 to 66, and six and a half games out of um, August 26 in a middling um, division. They lost the lead for good on August 14th and never really recovered. 
a missed opportunity. Um, Rojas made a series of questionable in-game decisions down the stretch, and the collapse was completed when the Mets were eliminated from postseason contention September 25th with more than a week remaining. They limped to finish to the finish line of their fourth losing season in five years, the 10th in the last 13 years. New York has made the playoffs twice in the past 15 seasons, advancing only into 2015 on the way to, to a World Series appearance. As losses piled up, Rojas' um, fate seems sealed before the season was over. Um, New York went 26-34 during his first year at the helm, fin- finishing tied for last place in the pandemic-shortened uh, 2020 campaign. I enjoyed my time here the last two years being the manager, Roja said last week. The writing already on the wall. It's a, It's been fun every day just working with the guys and connecting with them and preparing. We haven't achieved what we wanted to achieve. Rojas was swiftly elevated to skipper in January 2020 by former general manager Brody Van Wagenen as the replacement for Carlos Beltran. The promotion came just days after Beltran was was let go without managing a single game as part of uh, fallout from the Houston Astros 2017 sign-stealing scandal. With only one big league season under his belt as New York's quality control coach Rojas became the team's fourth manager in two and a half years and third in fourth no four months excuse me the move was applauded by veterans and young Mets players alike including those such as Alonzo who played for Rojas in the minors Rojas has worked in the Mets organization since 2007 and spent eight years as a minor league manager. He is the son of former Montreal Expos and San Francisco Giants skipper Felipe Alou and the brother of ex-big league Alfredo Moises Alou. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Rojas turned... 40 on September 1st and was the second youngest manager in the majors, 24 days older than Minnesota's um, Rocco Bedelli. It was fun playing for him, Lindor said. I like him a lot. He brings a lot to the game. One of the biggest messages that he brought this year was to be fearless. Next up, Olsen and Corn plan to search for a president of baseball operations and that individual will likely be tasked with hiring the new manager. The Mets initially intended to bring in a president of baseball operations last offseason, but were unable to interview top targets employed by other clubs. And at least one wasn't interested in coming to New York. Okay. Um, let me see. So the Mets changed course, hiring Jared Porter as general manager to lead baseball operations under Alderson. Um, 
Porter was soon fired at the revelations that he sent unwanted sexually explicit text messages and images to a female reporter in 2016 um, while working for the Chicago Cubs. Oh my gosh. Really though? Really though? You ruined your chances by doing all this shit? How many scandals do we have to hear about about somebody in the organization doing some stupid heinous shit, man? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, come on, man. Like, hold on. I need a drink for this, man. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, all right. <clears throat> all right. Um, Zach Scott was promoted to acting general manager, then placed on paid administrative leave in early September after being arrested August 31st on a charge of driving while intoxicated. Since the since then, the 73 year old Alderson has been following the role of GM. Scott pleaded not guilty to the DUI charge and three traffic violations. Of course, he's... Yeah. Yeah, that's already passed already. Um. Okay, okay. Let's see. Um. Yeah, um. Of course, the Mets are facing difficult challenges as far as... Um, decisions and speaking of difficult challenges of decisions, uh, there's more. Um, Avi Baez, the rental, um, was um, palatable to the Mets, so why not buy? Now, this is crazy, man. Um, and you know, I would agree with with Ivy Baez on the the the, the phrase, um when he was talking about the Mets are not robots. Yes, they're human beings. Yeah, they're human beings and so are the fans. So it's kind of like a it's kind of like a give and take type shit. You know what I mean? Um speaking of give and take, among the big decisions facing the organization this offseason is how to proceed with the 28-year-old infielder an imp- impending free agent who proved his medal over the final two months of the regular season, bringing the dynamic presence to the lineup and slick glove to second base. Bias slash um, um, 299, 371, 515 with nine homers and 22 RBIs in 47 games for the Mets at the arriving at the trade deadline in a deal that sent 2021 draft pick Pete Alonzo, no, excuse me, Pete Crow Armstrong to the Cubs. Um, the Mets are facing decisions on Michael Conforto, Marcus Stroman, and Norris in the guard, among other impending free agents, with it likely biased. Would Required the largest financial commitment from that group. Already, the Mets have Francisco Lindor signed to a 10 year contract extension, which begins next season, worth $341 million. 
dollars. Baez reportedly turned down a 180 million extension offer from the Cubs before the 2020 season. Um, as it stands, the Mets. Um, excuse me. As it stands, um, the Mets are set next season to easily eclipse the 200 million luxury tax threshold in place, but the expiring. Um, collective bargaining argument that number could increase for 2022. I hope he stays, um, Lindor told the Post this month. I don't have any insight on what is happening there, but I want him to stay. We have all seen what he is capable of doing, and not only that, he is fun to watch. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, man. After seeing him play this year over the summer, making making outstanding catches, plays, and helping his team. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be so interesting to see what happens if he stays with the Mets. Cause I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the fans liked him. You know what I mean? Despite the the the, the ups and downs that you know certain players go through, like you know like I said, man, people are human. Let people be human, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um. Anyway, um. Yeah. Yeah, we we have all seen what he is capable of doing, and not only that, he is fun to watch. He might be the craziest guy out on the field, but he is fun to watch, and he brings fans, he brings wins to the clubhouse, and I would love to have him around. Um, There won't be a shortage of available high-end infielders available this offseason. Um, excuse me. With Carlos Carrera, um, Marcus... Um, Simeon, Trevor Story, and Corey Seager joining Baez as players headed to free agency. Unlike the others, Baez can't have a qualifying um, offer attached to him as somebody traded during his final season before free agency, giving him an advantage in the market as a signing that wouldn't require draft pick compensation. Carrera... Um, Simeon, Story, and Seager are all expected to receive the qualifying offer from their respective um, clubs. But when um, Lindor entrenched as shortstop, Baez would have to be open to play second base or perhaps even third as the Mets weighed the return of Robertson Cano from a 162-game suspension following a positive PED test. Um, the implement, impl, impl, implementation of a universal DH in the upcoming CBA would create more flexibility for Cano. He turns 39 this month, who's still, who is still owed $40 million by the Mets through 2023. Baez proved more than capable at second base, recording three outs above average, according to Baseball Savant. As a shortstop, he recorded zero outs above average. The Mets also received 
the best of bias offensively after convincing him to show more plate discipline. Though bias created ways in August by seeing the thumbs down sign and he and others displayed on the bases as a celebratory tactic were actually a matter of booing the fans. His redemption came in the form of improved play following the return from back spasms that placed him on the injury list. Ultimately, a new hired um, president of baseball operations will have to decide if Bias deserves an armored car filled with team owner Steve Cohen's money. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting right there. Um, let's see. Um, yeah. Um, for those of you who may not know what went down, I think I'll probably fill you in on it. Um, so of course, the near mess will have quite the direction on their hands heading into the course into the offseason. Multiple players currently scheduled for free agency and some players who aren't yet free. Um, <clears throat> um, aren't yet free agent eligible. Okay. Um, one of those impending free agents in middle, middle field or infield of Avi Baez has certainly made his case throughout the month of September as a potential solution moving forward with the Met for the Mets. There's no question that both Francisco Lindor and Avi Baez should be considered both the present and the future starting middle infield for the New York Mets. While money certainly shouldn't be an object in keeping Baez in Queens for 2022 and beyond, it's going to be interesting to see how Baez's market develops this offseason or if the Mets even let him hit the open market. Um, we've seen displays of Baez and Lindor's unity during the Sunday night baseball, um, Yankees, um, whistling fiasco, as well as Lindor recently hinting that owner Steve Cohen has the money to pay Baez what he's worth this offseason. It also doesn't seem like much of a coincidence since Baez reunited with Lindor that he has been playing some of the best baseball we have seen in his entire career over the past month. Likewise, Lindor has also seemed to be seems to have benefited offensively with Baez's presence over the last month as well. Um, of course, um. It's no longer a secret that a top priority for the Mets front office this winter is finding a way to keep the middle infield of Francisco Lindor and Avi Baez intact. Uh, as currently constructed, you'd be hard-pressed to find a more dynamic defensive middle infield around the league. And at the same time, it's fair to say that both players bring the best out of each other night in in and night out both Baez and Lindor's personalities have also brought a sense of energy and an identity and identity to the met to a Mets team that has sorely lacked one over the last couple of seasons hmm okay interesting 
Um, if you need any further examples of this energy, just reference um, the recent Mets and Yankees series a couple of weeks ago and how the ruckus city field crowd fed into both players. Um, of course, while the results on the field have been disappointing, to say the least, over the last month and a half for the Mets, both Lindor and Bias have each done their fair share on the field to keep the Mets fans optimistic about their p- potential long-term success of this duel into the coming years. There should be no question that these two players should be infield cornerstones for the Mets, along with first baseman Pete Alonzo moving forward. Yeah. Um. Okay, let me go to... Let me see. Let me see here. Um. Let's see here. Um. So, another Mets news, of course, before I even go to um to something different. Um, the New York Mets have always been known for their pitching, whether it comes from the draft international signings or through trades. The Mets have on the mound. Tom Seaver, Nolan Ryan, Doc Gooden, Sid Fernandez, Outlider, Pedro Martinez, um, Tom Glavin, um, Johan Santana, Matt Harvey, Zach Wheeler, and Jacob DeBrom. Uh, Jacob DeGrom. Sorry. Are just some of the many studs the Mets told the slab in orange and blue. Given their history of pitching um, dominance, it feels weird to say that the future of the New York Mets will be built around offense. Now, um, I'm not sure. I'm not going to make free agent predictions here because that remains to be seen. Um, the Mets are rumored to have interest in several hitters that could make the lineup even stronger. But I'm only going to talk about players that the Mets have right now in the majors or prospects who can come up and contribute in the next couple of years. Okay, catcher James McCann, while coming off a down year, has popped. In 2019, he hit 18 homers and 26 doubles. In the shortened 2020, he has he was on pace for more um, homers, and he posted a career best um, 896 OPS and 143 OPS plus. Even though he has three years left on his contract, he is not the future of this position, nor is he the offensive strength. Both of the categories go to Francisco Alvarez. Alvarez has powered his way to A-plus ball as a 19-year-old, and he is projected to make his major league debut in 2023. In just two seasons, he could jump McCann on the depth chart and have his power back in the lineup almost every day. Hmm. First base, the Mets have a nice duel at first base. Pete Alonzo, Pete Alonzo and Don Smith around for a foreseeable future. With the designated 
hitter likely and finally coming to the National League. I expect Alonzo to get the lion's share of his bats as a DH and Smith will get most of the time in the field. Um, Smith is a stronger defender at first, so while P- Alonzo isn't nearly a defensive liability he used to be, it makes sense to put the stronger um, fielder there. Second base, um, second base is a little up in the air now, right now. There have been talks of the Mets signing Avi Baez to a long-term deal. In this scenario, he would be the everyday second baseman. While he is certainly um, a power threat, he is not the player many are hyping him up to be. In his two months with the Mets, he put up a 141 OPS plus, which is up 37 points from his career OPS plus of 104. In my opinion, there are better ways for the Mets to spend their money in free agency. Um, if that doesn't happen, Jeff McNeil will get most of the reps at second base next season. He will be looking for a bounce back coming off the worst season of his career in 2021. With his attitude needs a major overhaul, he is a better player than we saw this year. However, he is not the future second baseman of the Mets. I think Ronnie um, Mauricio is the future of this position. With a shortstop in place for the next 10 years, Mauricio is going to have to move. I hope it's to second base, but there's a chance he gets traded too. Of course, obviously, Francisco Lindor's 10-year extension kicks in this winter. While he struggled minorly in the first half of 2021, he was his usual self in second in the second half. He will be playing shortstop and bat, batting in the top half of our lineup until 2031, which is a long time, folks. Um... Third base, um, two of the Mets' top six prospects are third baseman with power, Brett Batty, um, number two, um, and Mark Vientos, number six, are both in, both capable of being cornerstone third baseman, and they should make their debuts in 2022. It's possible that one gets traded, but both also experienced in the left field. So there is a scenario that they could both stay in the long term. Personally, I think Batty is more likely to stick at third. The outfield situation. Hold on. Um, There are a lot of moving parts. Michael Conforto will likely leave in free agency. Brandon Nimble is under contract for 2022, but re- but unless he signs an extension, he will be a free agent next all season. Khalil Lee will likely come up at some point this year, as mentioned in the third base category. Batty or Vientos could see time in left, so a potential outfield arrangement at some point this season could. B. Vientos, Batty in left, Nimmo in center, and Lee in right. 
as I mentioned above, I'm not going to make free agent predictions, but they have been rumored to be interested in a couple of outfielders. It would be nice to see Nimble gain extension. A few players have the capability to get on base like he does. And while I would prefer to see him in a corner outfield spot, he plays a decent center field. So where do the Mets stand with pitching? Jacob DeGrom has an opt out after 2022. It's hard to see him going anywhere, but it's a possibility. Taiwan Walker's contract is over after 2022 as well. Marcus Stroman is a free agent now. Carlos Carrasso is signed through 2023, but he it, he was disappointing in 2021, and he will be 35 in 2022. David Peterson and Tyler McGill will be around for a few more years, but they aren't names to build around. Okay. As for um, looking at prospects, um, JT Jin is a big name that will likely be ready in 2023. Matt Allen, who is recovering from Tommy John surgery, will need at least a year to recover and more time to develop after that. Um, MLB pipeline prospects hit um, him to come up in 2024, but it wouldn't surprise me if we don't see him until 2025. The bullpen has a lot of moving parts as well. Edwin Diaz, Trevor May, and Miguel Castro are free agents at the 2022 season. The Mets will have to make decisions about re re-signing them or potentially trading them if the first half of 2022 doesn't go as planned. Drew Smith is a guy who will be around for a while. So he could be a, a future closer. There's not much excitement over relief prospects either, with the one exception being Jose Buttle. Um, to wrap it up, the Mets are poised to become a hitting dominant team in the majors. They have young players who will be around for a few years. They also have top hitting prospects will be ready to come up the next couple of years. Hmm. All right. This sounds like a wait and see, folks. Um, yeah, this sounds like a wait and see. Um, I would like to actually um discuss something actually i didn't even get a chance to get to this so let's see um now before i even get to the deshaun jackson thing um there's something i wanted to talk about actually um oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah give me a second ben Okay, Ben, hold on a minute. Um, hold on, folks. Okay, he has an injury. Wait, let me see. He has an injury. I think he has an injury, something like that. No, not an injury. Um, no, not an injury. I uh, forget. 
Um, let me see, man. Um, wait, wait a second here. So there is a um. Okay, so Ben Roethlisberger is indeed vaccinated. Of course, um, he was previously under um. He was previously on um. Let me see if I get this. Let me get this right. Um, he was on reserve after being placed on the COVID nineteen list. Yes, he's vaccinated. Okay, look. Ah oh, man. Um, the Aaron Rodgers immunized wordplay has provided the full me once shame on you basis for wondering whether other quarterbacks who test positive for COVID are truly vaccinated. So on the morning after Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger suddenly landed on the COVID reserve list and with some speculating that maybe he's secretly unvaccinated just like Rodgers was, we posed a specific on the record to Steelers this morning. Is Roslinberger unvaccinated? Um, Oh boy. Ben confronts in the media a couple of weeks ago on camera in his weekly session that he is indeed vaccinated. Steelers spoke, spokesman Bert um, Layton said via text message. Um, okay, hold on. Before I continue this shit, I'm going to say something about this whole. Um, and Rogers shit though, man. If someone asks you if you are vaccinated and you and you say that you are Im- immunized, because let me tell you, there's a difference between somebody being um immunized and um vaccinated. There's a big difference. So I'm gonna actually um and I'm actually gonna talk about the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. In in maybe a future episode, I just want to explain the difference between um, immunized um, uh, versus vaccinated. Let's see. All right, so we have to. I want to. Let's get into the whole um, difference. Okay. All right, so the terms immunization, vaccination, and and inoculation are often used interchangeably, but the terms technically have different meanings. While the differences may seem somatic, using the term correctly can help prevent misunderstandings you and your healthcare provider. Um, okay, hold on a minute. Let me get a little drink. Um, um, get to your con- for those of you who may not know. Um, if you are new to the channel and you are a new listener and you don't know what's going on, we are live. Hold on, let me just let me just put myself on first. For those of you who may or may not know uh, what's going on, we are live and direct off of Streamyard, YouTube, and also on Seventeen Live. Now, for those of you who may not know what Seventeen Live is. 
Um, you could listen to episode 78 of Off the Meat Rat Chain's New York podcast on there so you can get a better idea. I actually um, took the time to actually, you know, break that down and the changes and stuff like that. So, you know, you'll be able to get a better idea on stuff. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> so anyway, um, you can follow you can follow me on 17 Live at G Money Stacks Queens, New York. All right. Um, I'm going to uh, mention it again when I do the social media handles at the end of the show. So don't you worry about that. Um, hold on. All right. We are not on mute. We're good to go. Um, okay. So the the difference between vaccination versus immunization versus inoculation according to the world health organization uh, which is acronym is who vaccination and immunization are related although one describes an action while the other describes a process um by the who definition okay here we go Here's the break. Here's the breakdown of the difference, um, folks. So listen to this. Don't be like Aaron Rodgers too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't be like that guy, man, who just said that shit, <laughs> man. So vaccination employs vaccines to stimulate the body's own immune system to protect a person against subsequent infection or disease immunization is the process wherein a person is made immune or resistant to an infectious disease typically by the administration of a vaccine the centers for disease control and prevention offers similar definitions uh, okay um, so vaccination is the act of introducing the vaccine into the body to produce immunity to a specific disease. Immunization is a process by which a person becomes protected against a disease through vaccination. A person can become immune to a disease when the body is exposed to the disease causing organis organism, which is pathogen, and develops antibodies to fight it. But in the modern um, lexicon, immunization almost always infers immunity by vaccination rather than by natural infection. The term inoculation, meanwhile, is often used interchangeably with vaccination or immunization from a historic, um, for historical um, perspective, it describes the introduction of a substance into the body to confer protection. The term was first um, coined in the 18th century to describe um, uh, variolation, which is the act of introducing a small amounts of pus from someone with smallpox into the body of someone without it. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, as with immunizations, the term inoculation almost invariably, invariably infers the use of vaccines. Okay, so, um, what do vac what vaccines do? 
Yeah, I'm I'm gonna actually get into get into this because I wanna actually be the fucking myth buster on this shit though, man, because people with um misconceptions of misleading information and stuff like that. So I figured I'd just do this, man. So here we go. Um what vaccines do? Vaccination and immunization aim to protect people from potentially deadly diseases. Diseases that once killed millions, like polio and influenza, now can now be prevented through vaccination. When you receive a vaccine, your immune system will recognize the substance is the substance as harmful and tailor make antibodies designed to target that disease and that disease alone. This is referred to as a acquired or adaptive immune response. The adaptive response not only attacks and neutralizes the specific pathogen, but leaves behind memory cells to relaunch and attack should the pathogen return. Doing so reduces your risk of symptomatic illness should reinfection occur. When enough people in the community are vaccinated, it can provide protection to everyone, even though even those who have not been vaccinated. It does so by reducing the number of people able to spread the infection within that community, a process referred to as herd immunity. This is how public health officials has been able to eliminate or nearly eliminate diseases like polio, mumps, and measles, which once claimed millions of lives. When diseases aren't able to spread, they eventually die out. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's your difference of, um, of immunization and vaccination. That's your difference, folks. So, um, I'm gonna actually, um, where did I leave off? Oh, right. The Ben Roth. Okay. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, where did I leave off? Oh, um, okay. So, let me see. Let me see where I left off here. Yeah, 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 um, of course. So there it is. The Steelers know the truth and their decision to cite Roethlisberger's disclosure of his status operates as confirmation that he's indeed vaccinated. The abrupt announcement that Ben can't play comes from the fact that, as reported by Jason LaCanfora of CBS Sports, Roethlisberger wasn't feeling well, told the team about it, got tested, and tested positive. It's not the first time Roethlisberger self-reported symptoms that kept, excuse me, that kept them from playing or continuing to play. Twice before his disclosure of concussion symptoms sidelined him, um, while some players may be inclined to shake their Heads at the prospect of a quarterback tapping out. Roethlisberger did the right thing, even if it means that the Lions somehow and Pittsburgh's four-game winning streak in a game that will be played with Roethlisberger not playing.
Last but not least, we are going to talk about um Deshaun Jackson. And this has to do with his cleats. Um, okay. So there will be no there will be no more blue and gold cleats for Deshaun Jackson. The former LA Rams wide out is a raider now. And he just copped some dope skull and crossbone spikes to celebrate the move. TMZ Sports has learned the receiver hit up his go-to artist Joe Castro just days after he was released by the Rams and signed with the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Castro tells us the 34-year-old wanted a new team, new cleats, Dean involving skulls for his first game as a Raider on Sunday and the shoe expert delivered. Hmm. Um, the kicks feature a silver, um, silver and black image of a skull rocking a black patch over its right eye with two swords crossed behind it, just like the Raiders logo. On the other side of the white under armor cleats is another scary skull figure in front of two intense blades. The shoes also featured faded gray skeleton skeleton heads scattered around. Um, Castro, who was made custom cleats for D for D Jack um for several years, says it only took him a couple of hours to make. Jackson had requested his release from the Rams after only catching eight passes for 221 yards and one touchdown in seven games this season. The Raiders, who recently cut star wider Henry Ruggs, um, signed Jackson on November 8th, which I already talked about the whole Henry Ruggs situation on the other show. Um off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast. I actually was talking about this. Um I was actually talking about this um 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 maybe the other day actually in terms of how he um he basically got into a car accident and you know killed maybe one or more people. And and that's not cool right there, man. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something right now, man. And I know um I'm trying to really trying to really um see um if I I don't think I have anything else to talk about here, man. But um let me see how much time I got here. Hold on, folks. All right. Um I think I think I'm gonna wrap this up though, man. You know what I'm saying? This has been a this has been a this has been a great episode five of excellent, fun, vibrant podcast, the sports edition show. Um, if you like what you heard in today's show, listen to this. All you got to do is show some love by making a charitable donation to my cash out, which is dollar sign um G Money Stacks 555. That's dollar sign capital G. 
lowercase m-o-n-e-y capital s lowercase t-a-c-k-z 555 all right um also um it's not about breaking the bank with a lot of money folks it's all about doing what you can uh, whatever amount you're comfortable with, whether it's a dollar, whether it's um four ninety nine or five dollars, or whether it's ten dollars, uh, whatever amount you're comfortable with, um, will be appreciated. Um, you can also follow the podcast, Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast, which is on Instagram, which is Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast. Alongside with my other show, um, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, um, which will be scheduled for tomorrow and Tuesday and hopefully Thursday. Um, and also my my number one podcast show, which is off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast. Um, you can follow that as well on the gram, which is also on Facebook as well. Yes, Facebook and Instagram is is off the meat rat change new york podcast on there so um and also you can follow me on the gram which is g money stacks 555 in queens new york alongside with my other handle which is 17 live which is g money stacks queens new york all right that's 17 live g money stacks queens new york all right now um now we're gonna go to um where you can listen to the show. Now we are going to go to the streaming platforms on the go. So just give me a sec. Um okay. Now where you can listen to the episodes, um, we are on Anchor, Audible, Amazon Music, Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podcast Attic, Podorama. Podchaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, plus Alexa. Don't forget to listen to Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast, the sports edition show on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, which is the number one app for music, radio, and podcasts. And last but not least, the YouTube. Go grab the subscribe button for me, please. So you can so you can tap the notification button so you can be reminded of when the show goes in the air via live stream. Um stay tuned for more video content, um, upcoming episodes, previous episodes of the episodes that was recorded that will be uploaded and onto the to the excellent fun vibrant podcast sports edition show channel page. Um make sure you Download your favorite episodes and make sure you leave a like and a comment along with the um, topics that was discussed in in the episodes. Make sure you um, you share the video and make sure you um, um, tell a friend to another friend. And also, don't forget to share the the link which is um which is linktree slash excellent fun vibrant podcast on there is um it's gonna be a link where you where I just discussed just now 
uh, where you can listen to the episodes on there. So don't forget to share the podcast alongside with the audio streaming platforms with the link tree link slash excellent fun vibrant podcast with your friends. All right. Now, um, now before I wrap up the show, um, I want to take some time to look at your comments on 17 live. So let me just, um, do this. Um, okay. Who do we got here in, in the building? Okay. Um, we have, hold on, hold on. We have, we have Kuman7 just joined. Hi, welcome to the live stream and the podcast recording. Thank you for joining and ever, ever 621. Hi, hello. Thank you for joining. And who else came in? Um, AP underscore zero seventeen, um, five six six, um, seven two six nine. Hi, um, um, Henson underscore fan joined. Hi, thank you for joining. Um, and thank you for the snack, whoever you are, um, for joining. Thank you. Um, and IDK underscore, um, LOL by 22 just joined. Thank you for joining. And of course, and of course, thank you. For, thank you for following me and Juliet, um, Kales, um, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, but thank you for um, joining. Um, hello. Um, I'm actually going to, let me just see. Um, and who else came in? Turtle underscore 115 just joined. Thank you for joining. Hello. Welcome to the live stream of the podcast recording. AK680204. Thank you for your snack. I appreciate you. I appreciate you so much. Um Julius um um Julius and R73, thank you for joining. Um who else? Lila1026, thank you for the snack. Thank you so much. Um I'm gonna poke you. Um Jack Miller 1060. Hello. Thank you for joining. Um, Mina, thank you very much for the snack. Um, I'm going to poke you. Um, Day Love underscore Naya. Just going. Thank you for joining. And that's about it. I'm going to review all the people that just joined after this recording. So um, just bear with me. All right. Um, listen, um, like I always say at the end of each show, um, in regards to mental health, it is important to actually, you know, take care of your mental health. Now, listen to me, man, you hear, or like I said, you hear the phrase that, um, you hear, you hear this crazy saying over the years that, um, 
that being emotional in terms of your mental health is a sign of the, the phrase it's a sign of weakness it's not a fucking weakness man especially if you're going through something that's very traumatic and scary folks so i'm just saying though and you know make sure you reach out to your loved ones like your um like your wives your husbands your boyfriends your girlfriends um your friends um because those individuals might be fine on the outside but on the inside they are going through something very scary okay so you want to try to be there the best as you can um also also it's never you can't put a time frame on on when to reach out to somebody you know what i'm saying like there is no good time to to reach out to somebody because i can tell you this though from experience um you know i tried to figure out the best time to reach out to people and it hasn't really worked out in my favor because you know you know it causes me to actually overthink and you know i don't like overthinking things but sometimes it can be a habit but i try not to do too much but anyway um yeah make sure you reach out to the people that you care about that you love all right also um if if you would like to make a podcast and you would like to create one like i'm doing right now with with three shows under my belt i'm gonna give you some some um some tips on the things that you need all right so here it is you need headphones you need micro you need a microphone like this um it could be a yeti it could be a voxcon it could be any particular microphone it is whatsoever but it doesn't have to be anything too expensive all right i don't want people to get the wrong idea that you have to have an expensive microphone to to actually do your recording and shit like that but that's not always the case man as long as you get a microphone that works for your laptop you need you also need a laptop as well you also want to buy a microphone that actually comes with a usb plug which is what i have actually and also you want to you want to make sure that you have a audio software to support your audio recording alongside with um a recommendation which is um StreamYard, which is what i'm using um i'm mostly using StreamYard. that's where you can connect your youtube channel um your facebook your twitch and and of course you can use um you can use that to actually, you know, send links to people, invite links to the live chat so you can invite them to the live chat. And you and from there, um, from there you you should be good to go on that one. Um also when you're creating a particular um name for your for your um show podcast. You want to go with um, something that represents you. You know what I'm saying? You, um, you don't have you. You're only doing this 
to please you. You're not doing this to um. And I always like that question from the boogie movie. The boo. Excuse me. The boogie movie. Excuse me. Sorry about that. The in the boogie movie that I seen, there was a question that really hit my attention. Actually, um, are you doing this to please your family, your friends, or yourself? Because at the end of the day, and the fact of the matter still remains, is you you have to do this for you. You can't do this for everybody else and your family, regardless of your family uh, supports or not. Um, I'm not worried about having an approval on whether my, whether my mom supports my career in podcasting or not. I really don't care at this point because I stopped asking for approval at the age of 18 and 19. I'm an adult right now and I'm already and I'm already having a job right now. So, you know, what I'm saying I'm doing the best I can to actually, you know, achieve my um, goals and dreams into the career podcasting. And as I said before, I chose the podcasting route because, you know, I, I care about ownership. And, I, and I'm pretty sure for the new podcasters that want to create a show, you want to make sure you have creative um control creative freedom and ownership of your shows because and you want to make sure you put your name on your shows as well which is what i did actually with the three shows that i'm doing i did the same with um with excellent fun vibrant podcast the sports edition show um take this vibe juice podcast and off the meat rack chains new york podcast i have my name all over it it's not the companies and it's not the people, not about the people. It's about you. It's about you and your name and your brand and your vision and your ideas. You know what I'm saying? And the same goes and the same goes with for me. Um, so listen. Um, if you have any questions on how to start a podcast and any type of equipment that you need or whatever, I am glad to actually help you out. I got your back, all right? You could, you could um, DM me at my primary Instagram handle, which is gmoneystacks555 in Queens, New York. I know, um, and I want to, um, I want to give a, I want to give a shout out to somebody who put me, who put me, on a what is it a blog or something like that um i like to say um i like this and this was pertaining to me helping out um helping out um one or two women on the on how to not just start a podcast on the type of stuff that they need as far as equipment as far as software um laptops or whatever and stuff like that um they featured me on a blog. I would have to take a I would have to take a look at it. And and I'd like to give a shout out to um the two women. Actually, one of the one of the women that is a co-host for um your glowing podcast. Um you you guys are more welcome to actually check them out. Check out the first episode. Um I'm pretty sure um if you're wondering about um episode two. 
that's not going to happen today um, because her friend has an other obligations. So that's fine. I like to say thank you to um, one of the users from the Poco app, um, Pink Rice, aka Cindy, for um, putting me in the blog, and I and, and I'm really touched and I'm really touched and honored to be featured on there um, because you know I never really thought that I was going to be featured on there, and I and I truly truly appreciate you so thank you very much pink rice aka cindy from your glowing podcast and congratulations on the first episode premiere how about some air horns man Yeah, I want to go out with a bang, man. Yeah. Yeah, and there you and there you have it though, man. Listen. Um you can also um, follow your glowing podcast on Instagram. Um, they are on Apple Podcasts. They are on Spotify. Um, they are on YouTube as well. So you could go subscribe to the YouTube channel, your glowing podcast on there. Um, and the first episode is already there. I seen the first episode and yeah, I really... I'm really looking forward to their journey in terms of um, stories and topics and stuff like that. So, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and like I said, thank you for featuring me on the blog, the blog and stuff. I would have to take a look at that. So thank you very much, man. Thank you. And that's going to conclude episode five of the Sports Edition Show. Excellent. The Sports Edition Show. Excellent, fun, vibrant podcast. All right. Now, I know I know people may be asking me why the name and stuff like that. You're going to have to listen to episode one to really figure this out. So. I'd like to say thank you to every single person who who took the time to listen to episodes um really have like four episodes on right now i'm going to post um episode four and five most likely this week um most likely one of them is going to be on thursday and one of them is going to well actually yeah one of them is going to be on thursday so um we'll see how how it goes so Like I said, man, thank you very much for listening and rocking with me. And I really appreciate every single one of you for taking the time to um to listen what I have to say and not the other way around as far as like the, the misconceptions and the misunderstandings. So thank you very much. Um 
and I will see you in the next episode. And I hope you guys are safe and sound. Make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you um you stay covered up from this Delta variant dangerous disease that's going on right now. Make sure you you have your water alongside with your Gatorade because you're gonna need some energy and strength. And of course, don't forget, don't forget. Um, there's two things I actually learned today actually and and this is involving self-care um one what well, this one is therapeutic um of course laughter is one of them and and of course smiling is therapeutic as well you know what i'm saying so i want you guys to try that so um it'll really help It'll really help you in your mental health. And because, you know, you don't want to have any wrinkles or anything like that. I'm trying my best not to have any wrinkles for myself. So, um, you know what I mean? So, so there you have it. There it is. So, listen, thank you so much for listening and rocking with me. And I'll, I'll see you in the next episode. And I hope you enjoyed and learned something today. Um. Peace and one love, and I hope you guys have a good night. Hey guys, G Money Stacks here. You like what you heard? I need your help on some things. Go to the YouTube channels like Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast Sports Edition Show, G Money Stacks 555, and Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast by grabbing the subscribe button, enable alerts with the notification bell, leave a like, 
comment on the episodes, including the topics and much more. Plus, you can catch up on the episodes on streaming platforms, including YouTube, by going to the link that says Linktree slash Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast. Make sure you follow on Instagram, Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Podcast, alongside with myself, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Thank you so much for tuning in and rocking with me and listening to the episodes. Peace and one love.